0: you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The
1: scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and after he sat down and the disciples had gathered around, around, Jesus began to teach them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who are mourning. They will be consoled. Blessed are those who are gentle. They will inherit the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. They will have their fill. Blessed are those who show mercy to others. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those whose hearts are clean. They will see God. Blessed are those who work for peace They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their struggles for justice. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are fortunate when others insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of slander against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward in heaven is great. They persecuted the prophets before you in the very same way.
2: So let us bow and pause. This is a a sober day. Um, I haven't even been here six months, and I've been part of three deaths and burials. You don't sign up for that. You don't volunteer for that. I did speak to our recent widows before today's service so that they knew what we were doing. And I'm looking for Lynn or Gretchen. There's Lynn. So Lynn knew it was coming. Our sweet sister Gretchen, um, I hope, will be joining us by remotely, or at least able to follow later. But let's, let's pause to pray. God, you have made us people with hearts. You have made us people that love, that care, that fall deeply into relationships. And so when our earthly time is complete, that absence is real. So comfort on this day all who are grieving, all who are part of the St. Luke family, all who are part of each one of our extended families. And now may our time of worship and praise bring us in solidarity with all of those who grieve, all who mourn, all who carry a pain in their heart. Bless our meditations and the words of my mouth. They might be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. We have a perfect portrait of the heart of Jesus in the Beatitudes, what Liz read. Jesus in the Beatitudes shows us the interior landscape of himself. It is the source Of Jesus' joy. It's not a set of regulations, but in fact, it is a vision, a vision of where Jesus' true happiness lies. And when we read them slowly, carefully, line by line, we get to taste some of that joy. The Beatitudes are a familiar description of traits of saintly people, whether they are earthly saints and how they possess certain attributes. The Beatitudes are also a challenging yardstick, I would say, because they help us measure our spiritual maturity and, in fact, our moral growth. Some of the Beatitudes feel attainable, and some of them are radically. Countercultural. If we think about the saints that we have known, we observe qualities of the Beatitudes in them. And for sure, the holy people that the church has named throughout the ages are people who have had these characteristics expressed in their lives. A spiritual discipline I'd like to commend to you is when you get home later today, open this up and get out your pencil, your pen, and highlight two of the Beatitudes. Highlight the one that affirms something in you. Which one of these do you say, oh, yeah, this is one I feel at home in. I feel good about this. This is something I feel like I'm already walking in. So choose one that affirms you. And then take another look and find the one that calls you further. There's always one. That's, oh, yeah, I I, I want, I need to, I want to have a heart that's closer to Jesus, and that's one of them that calls me. So this morning we commemorate together All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And so we can't help, we don't get to run away from the human experience of grief and loss. We're just moving right into it. And that's why it's so important to be part of a Christian faith community because we get to practice these beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be consoled. And so it's important for us as St. Luke family to walk with our siblings, our sisters, and our brothers as they are mourning. It's important to hold one another up in prayer and even small acts of kindness that can be received as care and love. And to that end, I wanted to share a helpful small book by Wendy McNaughton, and I put the title of it in the bulletin and the key five points. And Mike is just on it. So I'm actually... um, This book, uh, some of you probably uh, enjoy Wendy McNaughton's work in the New York Times. She does illustrated columns, so she's often... uh, It would be called illustrated journalism. And this book, How to Say Goodbye... She uh, grew out of spending two years with the Zen Hospice House in San Francisco. And we've heard about embedded journalists who go out and cover war zones. Uh, it's not that, That's too strong of a uh, description for what she did. But she spent two years with the Zen Hospice community as an artist in residence. And what she was doing there was listening to the stories of patients, of family members and the caregivers. And during those two years, she did sketchbooks. She helped people do art, patients, residents. She helped staff. And so this is the book that came out of her two years of residency. So it's short, and I'm going to not read every page, but I am going to read a number of pages to you. How to Say Goodbye. I think as Christians, we have something unique in our faith about saying goodbye. Goodbye is not the final word for people of faith. Christianity says our time on earth is not the final word. There is another chapter. So it is my hope in sharing this book that it will help all of us grow in having more saintly qualities of being able to mourn and be a good companion to those in mourning. It is very courageous to sit with someone while they are dying. But you can't actually do anything. It's easy to say, "Okay, here's what I want to do. Here's how I want it to go. But you can't fix this. You're not in charge. The person dying is in charge. Some people are organized and they want to schedule things. They know exactly how the funeral is going to be and they set things up ahead of time. Other folks are in complete denial right up until the end. Everyone has their own version of what a good death is, just like everyone has their own version of what makes a good life. Let the person lead the conversation. Follow their lead. If you don't know what to say, start by saying that. Just start by saying that. I don't know what to say. That's very vulnerable so much falling away, the body falling apart. There's a lot going on in that conversation. It's current. It's right here. It's right now. And neither of you knows what to do in this situation. And that opens things up. There are five things, Wendy suggests, five things from the Zen Hospice, and they are how we can say goodbye I forgive you, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, goodbye. If we can honestly say these five things, we can feel complete. Our loved ones will know there is no unfinished business. I forgive you. Sit in silence. It's okay to be silent. All anyone wants is your presence and to feel you're paying attention. Hold their hand. Please forgive me. Don't judge yourself. Ask people what they'd like and make it for them. Consider the aesthetics. Attend to the details of the space. Arrange the room. Make it smell good. Make it a sensory thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you can lead to talking about memories and saying, I remember when. Sometimes, It's just sitting and being there. People are different day to day, within one day. Their mood can change, their attitude can change, their health can change. Get comfortable with change. Get comfortable with uncertainty. Get comfortable with vulnerability. Be open to what's happening. Listen. Cry. Cry a lot. I love you. Let it unfold. Let it happen. Something shifts when you do that. Just be there with them. That's all we can do. Goodbye. Goodbye. As we close the meditation this morning, let us be reassured in these words from Scripture, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 11 For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith. Hope and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Know, from Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Know, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ, Jesus, our Savior. And we pray together. Listen kindly to our prayers, O God, as our faith in your Son raised from the dead is deepened. So may our hope of resurrection for your departed servants also find new strength through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.
0: As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.